This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Stock up with Bud Light for game days and check out Budweiser's limited edition Copper Reserve. Please drink responsibly. They're going to run and get that boot. This game's still alive, and the Hawks have a first down. Who wants to talk football? It's Ronnie Wingo, number 20. Touchdown, Arkansas. They talked the bar. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. we got a lot of stuff to uh, to get to this morning. we got a lot of stuff here at Trader Bills we're going to tell you about. we got baseball with a doubleheader today. we got basketball playing Ole Miss this weekend. Spring football begins today. we got a loaded-up show. Yeah, and that's what happens when you're in this time of year and you get into the weekend. Obviously, uh, a lot of people are going to be making the trip up to Fayetteville, not only for the baseball series but the basketball game. Because it seems like, you know, when they happen – uh, this way a couple weeks ago when it had it going on, there was a lot of excitement and buildup, and obviously there's going to be a lot of excitement and buildup for, for different reasons tomorrow and uh, today and tomorrow because with baseball they had to move up because we, we were off the air when this happened, but uh, the Razorback Baseball Series had to get moved up and changed a little bit because of the weather or at least the forecast of yeah. bad weather. So they're going to have well, a doubleheader today. Well, Sunday is just miserably cold and playing on Sunday is just really not an option because of temperature as much as anything. I think the morning low is single digits and uh, you know, just not conducive for baseball. So you know, a doubleheader today, and then, uh, like I said, they'll wrap the series tomorrow, and it gives them a little more flexibility if the forecast changes. But uh, that that's just college baseball in you know, the, early, the early weeks of the season for you. So what temperature is the threshold? Like what, what is the – bare minimum of a temperature that you well, can play baseball in. Yeah, I'm uh, mid-30s or so. I mean, at some point it gets so tough for the pitcher to grip the baseball and, and really have a, a good grip on it. So I don't know, that'd be a good question for Scott Tabor a little bit later this morning. He's going to join us and talk about the baseball team playing Stony Brook. You know what they're famous for? Making it to that uh, College World Series run yeah, a few years ago. And beating LSU along yeah. the way. Yeah, I remember that. They're not the same team, I don't think. No, so. but... But yeah, that's that's so when I saw him on the schedule. Still celebrate a great postseason series victory over LSU. It's always anytime you beat LSU in baseball, that's a big deal. An enemy of LSU is a friend of ours. Absolutely. So yeah, that's absolutely essentially what it's about. But yeah, we're going to talk about that because I was just always wondering that because you mentioned the, the forecast and weather, and obviously, uh, you know, playing baseball is like. You can play football in the, in the elements. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how cold it is or how hot it is. You can play football. But baseball, there are certain elements that you just can't play in. And I was always just curious about if it had to be to a certain temperature. It's like, okay, well, is it below freezing? That's where you can't play. Is it 40 degrees or lower? Is that when you can't play? That's I just good, always thought about that's it. A good, I, I don't know if there's an, 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 an exact number. You mm-hmm. know, It's not like water. We know water freezes it below 32 right i think so, i learned that in the third grade yeah. right so uh i don't know that there's a magic number like that with with baseball but they're just i know that the big concern there comes a point where the where the pitcher's grip is just uh you know not cohesive to the conditions yeah so no, i understand yeah, that'd be a good question for Tabor. he'll be uh He'll be along later in the show to, to talk some baseball. So. Yeah, and also baseball's not one of those fun games to watch when it's really cold and nasty outside either. Why I'm bas- not a fan. That's why basketball uh, can be the better of the sports at times from a weather standpoint. Yeah, you never have to worry about unless it. Unless the roof is leaking, you don't get wet. Nope. You don't have to worry about the elements factoring into the game. Nope. You, you, know, you, you rarely, rarely do you see a weather delay in basketball. <laughs> so. 
I, the only thing I can remember is when the tornado hit in Atlanta for the SEC yeah. championship game. That was probably the only weather delay you ever had. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you can always make sure that you're going to be in uh, pretty good conditions when you uh, go to a basketball game. But yeah, that may be something we have some fun with with Tabor about too. And, uh, you know, cause that's, you know, we're, we're like football here on the morning rush. No matter the conditions, we're doing a show. Yeah. I mean, now we're, we gotta work. Even when the, even when the mailman calls it in, we gotta that's be That's right. Here, so. That's right. We're gonna be here. So, hey, get by. If you're in Hot Springs today, uh, you know, you're waking up this morning. Uh, come on over. We got a cup of coffee for you here. We just love to meet you. Say hello, Trader Bills. If you have not been in here, this is a big old store. Yeah, it is. I mean, they got a lot of stuff in here. You know, fishing supplies as you'd expect, and we're kind of getting into that time of the year. Hunting supplies, big you know, big gun counter back here. I mean, a, a little bit of everything for uh, for the outdoorsman here. I got a big old boat that's right yeah. in front of us. And uh, we're going to be talking to some of the uh, some of the pro anglers here a little bit later on in the show. Philip uh, Philip's got a great looking store here. I'm now you know if you haven't been in Trader Bills in a while, come by and say hello. And again, we're going to give away a Abu Garcia rod. It's a hundred. Are you familiar with Abu Garcia? Uh, I, I'm not too familiar with it, Tommy. That's, uh, that's you a know, top brand. That's a good one. Yeah. So. Well, see, that's the thing is that we, if, in case you just are starting to listen to this show, you should know that. Tommy is an avid fisherman. Tommy loves to fish, particularly trout fish. I haven't fished that much, to be honest. So I'm. I'm I, I got to take you fishing this summer. Sorry, Ty. I guess someone's got to run the board. It's always got somebody's got to run the board. Yeah, show you how to do a little little trout fishing. Okay. Is it different from other fishing? It's a little. I mean, all fishing's a little bit different. Whether you're going for I still, bass or striper, I still just or, get my rod and well, I mean, toss it out yes, there. Yes, but I mean, there's just the finer points of it. Oh, a little okay. Bit different. See, yes, I just just, just to spend casting rod. And now, now you know you can get to the advanced levels like Clay Henry. I'm not to these. You know, I'm not as big into the fly fishing. But up at Gaston's, Clem wants us to come up, and and they've got a master fly fisherman there that gives you know kind of an all day guided clinic, if you will. You fish, and they teach you to fly fish. He, you know, we, we may end up doing some of that this year. Mm. So that'd be a fun trip. Yeah. Well, because the only thing I know about fly fishing is that you kind of it looks almost like a whip. Yeah, and you throw it out there, and yeah. I, I don't know how you catch fish with it. I just yeah. know you got to be in a thing of water that's like, yeah, it, it's. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I just know that. Have I've you seen ever videos. seen the, the movie uh, A River Runs Through It? <laughs> no, I haven't. You won't look as good as Brad Pitt for a lot of reasons. Yeah, but you know he was a pretty good fly fisherman in that movie. He won't be Brad Pitt in that movie. I, 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 I hate to break it to you, but are you talking about from the looks or just from his fishing expertise in that movie? Mm. All of it. Okay. Both. Yeah, probably not. So <laughs> all yeah. of it. Yeah. I can. I can at least aspire to be yeah. something like that. But but no. That's the thing is that you know when I go into a store like this, like Trader Bills, and it's just amazing because you know I I've, I admit I'm not the most outdoors person of all time, but it's just so cool coming into places like this and seeing all the options that they have. I mean, you talked about the size of it all. I mean, they got a downstairs, they got a little upstairs area. They got they got uh. The bucks hanging on the wall, a bunch of boats on display. I mean, they got they got it all if you're outdoorsmen. And they, they got a lot of clothes. I walked by a big rack of Razorback shirts on my way over here to where we're set up in the, in the store. So, you know, it, it's kind of a, a, a chilly, brisk morning out there in the, in the 30s mm-hmm. this morning. So if you need some gloves or a hat or whatever, come by and just come by and say hello. We'd love to say hi and meet you this morning. I'd love to have that smoker. Yeah, that's a, I'd be about that. Here's your good. Yeah, it's a gas. That's probably the only thing in this store I'd actually know what to do with. <laughs> it's probably that smoker. Just to be honest, this play, this is far more advanced uh, 
than I even understand. All but, right. I mean, no, no, we'll go well, along with it. We'll school you up over the next uh, two two hours and 45 minutes. Huh. Do you know what all this stuff is? I mean, I or assume not. you do. Yeah, a lot of it. Okay. Most of it. Okay. I'm sure there's, there's many items in here I haven't, you know, tried out before. Is that a lion that's up there? Is that a lion? No, that's... That looks like a lion, well, Tommy. Well, it kind of does. From back here, <laughs> I don't. There's a lot of stuffed animals yeah. in here. A lot of, lot of, lot of taxidermy work in here. Yeah. Well, if that's a lion, then they have my respect fully. Then, if that's the case, they've got uh, towables for the lake up here. Yeah, so, they got that too. You want something to pull behind the boat this summer? They got that. So. Do you ever do those? Oh yeah, I got one of those. Yeah. But do you do it? Well, I'm always driving the boat. But or do you do it? Do you get back on the towables? It would not and... bother me. But there, no one else in my family will drive the boat. Or is it because you don't want, you don't trust anyone else to drive the boat? I have told my wife, and she refuses. <laughs> I said, this is the summer you are going to learn to at least be serviceable behind the wheel of this boat. Be a real assistant captain. And uh, she says no. Uh, I say yes. So she'll probably win because she wins most of the arguments in our house. Happens. But, but yeah, I, you know, well, no Dylan, one else, you know. Hey, Dylan's getting to, what, he's, well, he's eight the, years old now, right? Nine. Nine. So, yeah, yeah he's good. He's good to go. I don't know that I need to be 60 feet behind the, the boat while a nine-year-old's in charge. Might be a better deal. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, you could definitely tell that uh, if you're in the towable, it'll probably be a lot more fun that way. So, so but that's for sure. So, we're going to talk football, mm-hmm. basketball, baseball. We'll also talk some horse racing. That's right. Morning. Pick Suey's going to be with us in the 8 a.m. hour. And uh, another big weekend at Oakland coming up. So we got a lot of stuff. I know. A lot of ground to cover. You know, for uh, Sports Talk Radio, these are always the fun times. Is because once it comes down into eh, about, you know, mid-June, so when it starts getting a little slow. Well, March and October, I think, are two good months, you know, particularly for where we're at because you have spring football. Uh, for for college teams and, mm-hmm. and now I guess we got some this AAF and some of this yeah. stuff. I don't know how much yeah. we're going to talk about it, but it's con- it's it's two places in the calendar where the where the sports converge. Mm-hmm. March Madness is so big. Uh, baseball's starting not just collegiately, but you know we know that spring training's underway for the for the mm-hmm. bigs, and so it's just a it's a fun time of the year. Oh, Plus yeah. you got the NFL draft uh, just around the corner. You know, not in March, but there's a lot of talk about it. So yeah. I mean, it, there's combine, a, all these things going on. Yeah, I mean, because it, it was the biggest day in NFL that you'll ever see yesterday, which, of course, was uh, measuring day. So, I mean, that's... Oh, that's, I thought you meant with Jason Witten coming well, yeah, the, I thought that was the big... Oh, that's that, it, that is. It. Yeah, that is. But I was <laughs> talking about hand sizes and all that stuff. I mean, that's where you're going to know yeah. where you really can pick out your future of your NFL franchise. Follow the show on Twitter at HitThatLineAR. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Now he does a tightrope back. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're in number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! So Arkansas basketball takes on Ole Miss tomorrow at Bud Walton Arena. The game will be at noon. I know a lot of people are making their way up to that game, but I don't think it's for the reasons that most people would be going to a Razorback basketball game because, as we've talked about basically throughout the past couple weeks, Arkansas's chances of making it into the NCAA tournament are vanished, and even making it into the NIT is going to be tough at this point in time. But they are honoring tomorrow the national championship team from 1994 because it is the 25th year anniversary since that happened, and I know that there's going to be a lot of the former players and Nolan Richardson and all the honorings that are going to come along with it. I don't know exactly how the ceremony is going to be placed, but uh, we know that they've done these honorings before, and we know that they've 
uh, done these things before. But I guess this one's particularly special because it just is a reminder. 25 years ago. That's how long it's been. Yeah. 25 years since Arkansas won that national championship. And honestly, I know that a lot of Razorback fans have fond memories of different things that have happened in Razorback sports and Razorback athletics. Things that will always stick out to them. But I think that you'd be hard-pressed to find any true Razorback fan, especially a true Razorback basketball fan, find any other moment that even comes close to how proud and how excited and how just good they felt when Arkansas won that national championship in 1994 overdue. It's almost unbelievable. I mean, you know, because particularly I I was not – I mean, that was the year I graduated high school, 1994. So you know, we're talking 25 years ago that you, you, I wasn't old enough to appreciate really what you were what you were witnessing. Um, you know, those older than me understood, particularly you know, in my dad's generation, understood how special that was because it had eluded Arkansas a couple of times in football. I, I know they won the '64 national championship, but you know, you know. In the 60s, and we obviously know about the shootout in 60s. There have been several opportunities where it had eluded Arkansas. In the late 70s in basketball with Eddie Sutton's teams, it eluded them there a championship. Arkansas had been to the Final Four in 90, but really wasn't considered a favorite. Had to play Duke. It's a young Arkansas team. Uh, people weren't surprised. But, but I don't think I understood at the age I was at, you know, being you know in high school, 18 years old, really how to enjoy and appreciate that moment because I think if it happened again today, I would have a different feeling and sentiment in the moment than I did then. I just, I think I was like a lot of people, this is just the new norm here, you know, because then guess what, 1995, because you had 1990, 94, 95, three trips to the final four, it's just the way it's going to be, you know, and you didn't appreciate that period of time, and I don't think... Arkansas fans really understood how quickly it could all come apart. Mm-hmm. I certainly, w- I didn't have the perspective on it at that point in my life. Well, and it's the same thing that goes along with it because you mentioned how you had gone to the Final Four just a few years prior. Yep. But you're talking about uh, like two decades before that of not national championship contending every year, but just a team that was always a top 25 team, a team that was always winning uh, Southwest Conference championships, a team that was always going to be in the mix yeah. for something greater. And I know that they only made the Final Four in 78, and uh, that was the only Final Four they made up until they made it back into 1990. What's that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought they made two Final Fours there with Eddie Sutton. But, uh, no, I, th- I believe it was only just one. So, but, okay. yeah, but it was a long period of time. But you were always competing. You always had great players, too. I mean, you think about some of the players that you had and some of the moments you had. You had the U.S. Reed shot in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those were the things that a lot of people remembered. So not only was that the new norm, but you had gone for decades of being a nationally relevant basketball program. And that's the thing that I always relate back because I was just a kid when they won the national championship. I remember bits and pieces of that. I remember my first game uh, as a Razorback fan going to in, in Bud Walton Arena in 93 when Delaware State and Al Dillard hit 12 three-pointers. I remember that was my first game. And, you know, I, I hear those things. And I, it's just like and you think back over to when, like, all that was going on and just like you said, Tommy, you never think it's going to end. You never think that this is like right now, for instance. Does it? You ever feel like Arkansas baseball is never going to be relevant again? No. Do you ever? Do you have that feeling that you, that's never going to happen? And that's a great point. You need to really soak up and enjoy. Yes. 
Because when did Norm DeBryan get there? Like, I should know this, but like 1972, I believe, was the year. Norm it was in the 70s, yeah. But he, he, he more or less started the program. I mean, it was like a club sport, just above a club sport. And you had Norm DeBryan and Dave Van Horn. <laughs> That's it. That's all you got. I mean, 1970, by the way. 1970, okay. So from 1970 to current day, you've had two coaches in that program. We, we talk about Arkansas basketball being, um, you know, the, the, what, what, the heydays. The heydays were always with Nolan and Eddie Sutton, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame coaches. You know, it's, there's no doubt. I mean, I know Dave got put in the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame a few weeks ago, but this guy's a college baseball Hall of Fame, and, you know, he's going to go down as one of the great coaches of his time yep. when it's all, when, when you put a bow on his career, whenever that is. So, I mean, that's been, that's been the difference. Every sport Arkansas has ever excelled at. It's been a great leader, a great coach that's ran the program for a number of years. Not just, you know, in real quick. I mean, how many times has Arkansas won anything where the coach was there for two or three or four years and moved on? Not very often. All the success came with a coach that stayed a while. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing how besides, I guess, besides Eddie Sutton, who, you know, the whole infamous South, I crawled to Kentucky or crawled crawl to Lexington for that job. But he still was here a while. Yeah, you know. and, and that's the thing is that usually those great coaches that Arkansas has, either they stay as long as they're needed or they end up phasing out or retiring or whatnot. Uh, so, I mean, there, that's, and that's the thing I always try to make points because everyone outside of Arkansas mainly, but there's even people at Arkansas that think that, that the, the program in general is just a stepping stone program that, say, if Chad Morris really got it going, really got Arkansas competing at a high level, there are fans out there who say, well, you know, it doesn't matter because he, if that A&M job or whatever opened up, he'd go there in a heartbeat. Well, I don't necessarily know about that. You know, why didn't – why were there so many coaches? Like, Nolan Richardson always brings this up. He's like, I'm probably the only coach in the history of sports to get fired and not leave. He didn't leave. He no. didn't take another job. He Still. could have. But he didn't. Well, I mean, not just not leave. He's never left the area. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's well, staying he, fan. You know, he, okay. And, but he, and he also coached that WNBA, WNBA team. Yeah. Or, I mean, whatever. But but he's it, it, Fayetteville became home to him and uh, has always been home to him. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so that, that was the thing. And that's where it's like you said, Tommy, you got to really, for instance, for the baseball program, take it in and appreciate yeah. it because, as we have seen with basketball, it can be gone in a few years, yeah. and it's where you're constantly yearning for the days of when was when will it get back to this? When why is it not getting back to this? What's what's the problem here? And then it just it seems so far away that it's disappointing and upsetting. If I'd have told you in the summer of '96, hey, that Final Four a couple months ago, you're not going to see another one for. I mean, I don't know how many more years it's going to be. Twenty-five years, whatever it ends yeah. up being, it's twenty-two right now, obviously, but. You know, it's just you. You got to appreciate success, mm-hmm. and I think that you know, like you bring up a great point that hey, with this baseball team, soak it up right now. Yep. And I know they haven't won a national championship. They were one fly ball away from. We all know that, um, but we've seen a great run here under Dave Van Horn. I mean, would you say but Arkansas baseball is a top what program in, in college baseball? Top ten at least? Oh yeah, top five, perhaps. I mean. I mean, they don't have the title to go along with it. That's the only thing they're missing. I'm probably not the best person to ask. I mean, we're obviously we're by. I mean, the SEC is so good. Yeah. You could be a top five program nationally and not be a 
top three. You'd be third in the SEC. That's yeah. the problem because LSU's going to be up there in the conversation. But you got South programs, Carolina, yeah. you know, you got programs out in the Pac-12 we're not as familiar with. The ACC plays mm-hmm. some really good baseball. That's, that's a good question. But Arkansas is certainly in the conversation. But the one thing that's missing is the title. It's the title. Yeah, because even think like Oregon I mean, State. They they have a few titles to their name, but you would never think just first off Oregon State well, being one of the top programs. If but. you put a lot of weight on facility, that really carries Arkansas way up in the conversation. Oh yeah, obviously the total, not just Bomb Walker Stadium. See, I got it right. There you go. Uh, not, not just the stadium, but it's the the indoor workout. It's it's the whole package. And then you wait till they build this this new complex mm-hmm. out in right field that's coming, and then I, you know. But it's an it's becoming an arms race in baseball for facilities, just like it, it is. is in in football. Yeah, and and see that's the thing is that if you're at a place like Arkansas, everyone has is Arkansas fans. Everybody wants the program to do well. Everybody wants all that. But when you have something like the baseball program and the way that they got it going on, it just makes you really first off appreciate Dave Van Horn and what he's been able to do and how he's been able to sustain some of that success. But I, I'm just you know. The way that like Baumwalker Stadium and how it's been built up and how it has one of it's one of the best facilities and it's one of the bigger baseball facilities that there are in the country. You know, people thought the same thing about when Bud Walton was built. Mm-hmm. You know, they they had this wonderful facility, state of the art facility, and it's still aged very well. It's still a great facility to watch basketball. Yeah, but there's nowhere near the attendance, the the atmosphere that came along with it that it was back then. And that's the last thing because those are the, just the things you think about with Bomb Stadium. Like, could you imagine Bomb Stadium on, against an SEC team on a Saturday against LSU or something, not having 10,000 well, people in it? But it could happen. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, winning is still the best. Why do people show up? Because it's a, it's a, it's a winning, winning program. program. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt with basketball. Now, there will be a big crowd tomorrow because of all the other things going on around this game, honoring what we're talking about here, championships, and appreciating the moment. Fans will show up to relive and appreciate that moment. But I have no doubt if Arkansas – Reearned the fan base's trust, started winning consistently again. Bud Walton Arena would be full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know that. Fans want to go to Bud Walton and see the Bud rocking again. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any better home court edge in the conference and perhaps in the country. I know you got the Cameron crazies, but when Bud Walton is at its best, it's as good as any place in America. And the record shows that. I mean, even in their down years, and they had all, a great record. The, the only reason it's not that way now is the the, the program hadn't done their part. Yeah. You know, you can't expect fans to show up to a, to a team that's losing games at home at a higher rate than we've seen in a long time. So, yeah, yeah. well, and it, all it goes, would really be a bummer, be a real downer if they lost to Ole Miss on a day that's going to be so special tomorrow. Well, when they the first time they honored the championship team in 08 was when Arkansas was about you know one in thirteen or whatever yeah. it was in conference play. They won Georgia. Georgia. They beat Georgia. So they crowd too there. That, that was year. one of their two SEC wins that year. Yeah. So you're hoping that maybe they can at least capture that magic. So you well, won't have to worry about hey, that. And I know we got to run here, but can you imagine tonight and tomorrow when that team? That that ninety four ninety five team gets in front of the current team. You know, there's going to be a moment where they're they're going to give them a speech, give them a locker room speech. So can you? And it may, maybe we'll get a glimpse of that on Twitter. You know, today with social media, we get a chance to see some of that stuff more so than ever before. 
That's going to be probably a, mm-hmm. a pretty uh, hair-raising moment. Yeah. I'd like to see what Corey Beck has to say. Well, we might want to edit that <laughs> yeah. before we play yes. any of it. Subscribe to Hit That Line on iTunes. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Give is to Alex Collins straight up the middle. And Collins on the run. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. Touchdown, Arkansas. 80 yards. Arkansas's own Scott Suggs with us now. Professional fisherman on the FLW Tour, Major League Fishing. Are you on FLW still or just Major League Fishing? Just fish? Major League Fishing. Okay, I was looking here. You've won, what, nearly $2 million in career earnings? At FLW. At I mean. FLW. I'm looking, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at your FLW profile here right. online. And, uh, yeah, uh, obviously a very successful career. And thanks for stopping by here with us and, and visiting this morning. This is a great state with a lot of opportunities and a lot of options. We were talking earlier uh, with Philip about, you know, you just think about the lakes right here around Hot Springs, but then you think about the other parts of the state, whether it's Millwood down south or Bull Shoals or Norfolk, you know, Table Rock that kind of straddles the Arkansas-Missouri line, Beaver. Uh, this state that we're in is really blessed with some great fishing. That's why that's that's exactly why over the years that it's put out so many great fishermen that go to the next level, to the, to the professional level. There's nothing in the state of Arkansas it just makes you more versatile. You can go from deep, clear water, shallow water, muddy water, Arkansas River, Millwood, just like you said, name all these places off. And over the years, you learn how to fish all these bodies of water. You can go anywhere in the nation and fish and compete against anybody. It's just always put out some of the best, you know, top anglers in the nation. All right, so I don't know much about fishing. No, we've established. No, he's overstating. Yes, there. as he knows we've established. Nothing about fish. But it's okay, though, because I have people helping he me He was trying out. to cast the reel earlier. He had the wrong end of the rod c- trying to cast oh, the reel. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, so that I, bad. I, I'm an open book when I'm coming to learning. So people have been helping me out of some things that they have been curious about, and because it comes from Cody. He's interested in to know how you like the newer tour, new tour that you're doing with Major League Fishing. Well, you know, it's something that's different. It's It's... This sport needed it at this time, you know, for a new deal to come along like this and everything. And and we it was called, I call it the Groove Tournament, I mean the Groove Tour. FLW, Bass, we kind of fell in a groove, been in it for especially Bass 50 years and stuff. And now this is something that mixed it all up, changed it all up. And it really gives us an opportunity to promote sponsors and get that part of, the, of our job back into it where before, you know, it was like, the market was flooded. You couldn't really promote your sponsors the way you needed to, and now we're back to where we we can do that. I remember I, first time that as a as a radio show and a station that we really kind of got involved in anything was back in 2007, and the Forest Wood Cup was down here on Lake Washita, and. I really didn't know much about it, but they had the convention center in Hot Springs just full of all kinds of exhibits. It's a great family deal. And they said, hey, you really need to go to this weigh-in on Saturday. And they had it in what's now Bank OZK Arena. And it was a made-for-TV deal, and it was unbelievable. I mean, my eyes were open to the popularity of fishing. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, that, that arena holds six, 7,000 people, and it was full. No, it held fourteen. And Fort, how they? I don't remember how they had it set up. I mean, I just know how it's set up for basketball. It holds mm-hmm. seven or eight thousand people. It was full that day. Who, who was the guy that won that day in '07? I can't Try to remember. remember. I can't remember. I think his name was Scott Suggs, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a great day. Yeah, it was a great. day. Tell us about that experience, and then also doing it here in your own backyard. 
that was the whole deal. You know, I mean, doing it right here, being able to do something and accomplish something for the first time in history to win a win a pot of money that big in one event and to be able to do it right here at home and, and share it with everybody and as uh, far as the excitement of it and everything. and. There's, Not the money, just the excitement. Oh yeah, no, the, the money, the money. My wife, the last time I saw the check, she had it, which is expected. Exactly. I came there. I'll never forget. She got up the next morning. She couldn't wait. She was ready to get to the bank. She was just dying to see their eye when she gets to the bank. You know, their eyes pop open with a check that big. And she was so disappointed because when she pulled up, they go, "Oh, we were expecting you." Yeah. And so that kind of that kind of lost a little bit of her excitement. Yeah. Scott, when you just go out, I mean, you obviously fish professionally, and mm-hmm. you have to work just like a golfer, just like a baseball player, just like anybody else. You got to work at your craft. You got to go out and practice fish. But when, do you ever just go fish for fun? I, I mean, do. What kind of fit? I mean, is it bass fishing that you enjoy the most, or when you want to do something different? You know. You know, around here, what what do you do just to enjoy fishing when when it's not just work? I crappie fish during the spring a lot. I brim fish during the beginning of the summer and through part of the summer, and then a walleye through the late summer well, and early fall. There's no better eating that walleye. No, I, good I, right I, I'm there. still I'm still I still like a good bluegill, but yeah. everybody else in my family likes the walleye. Yeah. So they're good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the walleye. Um, <laughs> I, what what is walleye? I don't even know. It's, it's, it's a kind of fish. Okay, so okay, okay very so popular ma- mainly what up up north. I mean, very very popular uh, like in the Dakotas, oh, yeah, around the Great Lakes. Great and, Lakes, and, yeah. but you'll find them in you'll find them in some of our lakes. I know in, in Norfolk. Um, yeah. I fish on the Norfolk River a lot. When they open the dams, right now the floodgates are open a little bit. There will be walleye in the Norfolk River, mm-hmm. and it happens on the White River below mm-hmm. the Bull Shoals Dam too, where those right. fish will come through the gates. That's right. And they'll get down in that river. And, and the thing with the walleye, we're getting too deep in it. They got these translucent eyes, like mm-hmm. snake eyes. You can see them down in the water. It's you can a, shine a light on them at night, and they'll light yeah. up like a deer's eyes. Yeah. But Washington's well, probably good eating too. Washita is probably one of the most overlooked, best walleye lakes, and and especially in the state of Arkansas, yeah. maybe most of the nation. Yeah, and another fun thing, striper fishing in this state. I mean, mm-hmm. usually like a good fight with a fish. Right striper, out here, striper fishing out here in Washita is pretty good. It is like Hamilton and Washita Bow. Yeah. All, right. All right, Scott, what's a weed bed? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, there's certain types of weed beds, <laughs> um, but out here on the lake. Yeah. Out here on the yeah. lake, we all grew up. getting basic here. We all grew up. All the guys called it coontail. It was really a grass called elodea, and then that got smothered away. And we've got hydrilla, and we have millfoil and certain types of coontail. But it's grass beds that'll be out on like a, a hump, out just say a hump out in the lake comes up to say 15 foot. The top of that hump may be covered in grass, and it'd be a big weed bed on that on that hump. You. You know, you're targeting that weed bed. It's underwater vegetation, really allows a lot more oxygen, um, great area for uh, panfish and everything else, great great area for the bass yeah. to feed. Um, and it just makes the lake so much more fertile, makes it more, I mean, the population just goes crazy of fish when you have good like you know good grass and like i feel fairly confident that john probably has not watched any major league fishing on tv but i i have watched some not a lot one of the things they have in a boat john is they have the, the angler and then they have 
an official or a referee, just like That's you right. would in any other sport. And there are certain rules in Major League Fishing that are specific to that sport. Give us some example, like the fish. You 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 cannot use a net, and you got to get the fish in the boat, and you got to get the and fish certain in the times. boat. And we take a lot of calls where people, let's just say, question the judgment of certain officials in basketball and football. Is there ever a time in Major League Fishing where the angler, and because you're in a boat, it's not like you can get away from this guy. Is there ever times where 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 your peers out there and the in the and the referee that's in the boat with you that you get at odds over a ruling? Well, there's times that you want to get at odds over a ruling, but here's the difference. In a ball game, basketball or whatever, there's a timeout. Yep. You know, the stop, clock stops while right. you, the official, you and him or whatever, whatever goes down. In this deal, the longer you argue is the more time you're losing because the clock never stops. But one of the things they can do is give you a basically give you a timeout where you can't well, fish for yeah, so long, right? Yeah, that's the I've deal. Seen the, I've just watched a few episodes of this, and I think it's interesting. That's the deal where if the car, fish hits the carpet, right. it touches any part of something to knock that slime coat off of him, and if it's not intentional, it's a two-minute penalty. It's a flagrant if you swing him in just all, and, and make him bounce to the carpet because you're trying to hurry up and get him in and land him, then you're going to sit a lot longer. That's an F1. You know. That's right. they got to go to the monitor. That's yeah, right. Review. <laughs> and even if that happened, I'm sure Tommy would still yep. defend the official. That's exactly right. Right. The call. So exactly he, would, he right. would still find a way to defend the official. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing about Major League that this has really gone so crazy over is you never put the fish in your live well. You never haul the fish around. You catch the fish. You weigh it right there. You release it right back right there. There's no harm to the fish whatsoever and, and taking care of the resources and everything. And that's that's really brought the popularity on more probably than anything. I hear more people talk about that, and I've got a lot of friends that are, you know, just hardcore about it. And Major League Fishing seems to be where they're grabbing. The, the, the television watch on this is just more entertaining. Yeah, it is. And they're able to be in the boat with you and all that at all times and everything. But, you know, still the days of old, though, the days of us catching our five fish limits and fishing our local tournaments and everything, hey, that's the backbone that put everything there. And it's not going anywhere. I hope that stay. I, I, I don't want that to ever decline in any way. I want it to always be super duper strong because it just, it just builds everything towards where we're at. Favorite lake in Arkansas? Lake Washtenaw. Good answer. Good hometown answer. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to ask you about the biggest fish you caught because that's too easy. What was the best fish you caught? Because I feel like there might be a difference between the biggest and the best. Man, that's a toss-up. That's a toss-up. I mean, I caught a five-pounder here when I won the cup the last day that really iced the cake for me up here, but I also won a major league event. I won the major league cup, too, and I caught a five-pounder you know, late in the game on that deal that sealed that deal. So I'm going to say five pounders. How about that? That works for me. All right. Scott Suggs with us here on the Morning Rush. We're live at Trader Bills. A lot of a lot of folks listening that are going to be thinking about getting in, getting their tackle box back out, getting their rods and reels back out. Give us a few tips and, and tell them what they might, something new that's here at, at Trader Bills they might want to check out for this year. Man, Trader Bills has so much new stuff. It's amazing. We've got all kinds of Berkeley stuff. They've got they've got all kinds of stuff here. The new uh, they've got the new plus two uh, uh, mega basses here. They've got it's amazing, really and truly. To tell you the truth, you need to just come and walk through because Phillips got this place stocked. He's got stuff that I hadn't seen in you know in a lot of other stores, and I'm out there seeing all kinds of stuff and and. You just really and truly need to come and walk through and see what all he's got because I can promise you 
you need to get a basket when you walk in because there's plenty to choose from. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at hitthatline.com.